Hello, this is Tucker Johnson with Nimsy Insights, and I am coming to you with a pop-up live session here with special guests Ren Yi and Sissy Liu. We are going to be talking about a new research project that they've been doing that's been, frankly, making the rounds on social media. I've been seeing a lot about it, and I was actually one of, one of the test subjects of this research project. Exciting thing today. I am getting back from vacation. I've been driving all night, so I am completely wiped. This is like my one thing that I've been doing today, but I really wanted to do it because I've been excited about it. But we only have 20 minutes. So without further ado, let me just do some quick intros here, and uh, we can get onto it. Nimsy Insights is a market research and consulting company. We do research, consulting, advisory, training, specialized in the language services and localization industry, but really helping customers who just want to go global and learn how to reach their international customers in a local, high-touch, but yet scalable way. So that's what we do. I've gotten the, the NIMSI plug out of the way. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Ren Yi and Sissy Yu. How are you ladies doing today? Doing great. Thank doing great. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This, uh, this project that you guys are working on um you've published some stuff here and for for our our listeners audience watchers all, all those folks at home um let's just uh take a look at it here there there's a youtube and i'll go ahead and put these in the links down there but there's a youtube format delivery of this research there's a blog format delivery of this research there's all of these different um deliverables i want to say from from this one piece of research that you did um but before we go into the deliverables let's talk a little bit about what is this communication secrets of localization leaders what prompted the research what was it um methodology uh, yeah of course so ren and i are part of the class that is taught by eva uh claudia nova right. at NIST, and that class is called leadership uh, in localization management. And part of the class is like genius hour projects. And Ren and I as a group, we thought about what topics should we go into as part of doing this 12 hour limited time research. And we think we wanna do something really practical that can be really applied to professionals, career life, and how do they deal with their work every day. So I think we think that communication is very vital part of what we localization people do every day, no matter what your role is, no matter what your level is. So yeah, we, we're trying to gather some insights and lessons learned from um, leaders or experience in the localization industry about how they communicate effectively with different people, stakeholders um, th throughout their career and what kind of lessons they learned that they want to share with us and then summarize this into a research. This is not a quantitative our scientific one, but I would say uh, we just want to gather some great lessons to spread it out for the community and especially for the young professionals like us. Right. I see. I see that that we were talking a little bit before we we went live here. I see this is a big mm -hmm. asset for people just getting into the industry who aren't really aware of like the 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 business culture of the industry maybe uh, lots of knowledge from the academic side but you know people talk differently people act differently and communication is one of those things that it's like nine times out of ten when you're having problems with the client 
like if you really get down into root causes, it comes back to a communication issue. I can't tell you mm -hmm. how many like QBRs I've run where it's like, oh, we have communication challenges. It's this blanket thing for or just blanket category for just challenges that come up. So when you say practical research, I can't think of anything much more practical than that because it's something that I see people struggle with uh, quite a bit. Well, thank you, Sissy. Ren, who, who did you interview for this? Besides me, besides me, that's how I met, that's how I, that's how I met these, these ladies is because I actually took part in their, their survey, but who, who else? Like what, what real people did you interview? Uh, I'm not sure if people are uh, comfortable with us sharing, uh, all of their identities, but uh, oh, I can sure, sure, sure. give yeah. you some data here. Uh, so we actually reached out to more than 30 people, more than 30 localization leaders in the industry. And we were so lucky that 21 of them were on board and they uh, could participate in our research. They filled, filled out the surveys and they uh, accepted our video interviews. So we collected a lot of information and interesting stories from them. We really appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, one thing about this industry is I find is just people are just willing to help. Right. Did you, yeah. did you find that when, when you were reaching out, especially, I mean, I mean, they might not be willing to help me because like I, I'm, I'm a for-profit, you know, and say, Hey, can you fill out the survey? Nah, go get your own surveys. But, um, especially new people, students, people just coming out in the industry. It's very, very welcoming, very welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And even a lot of them are actually part of our extended network, I would say. We don't really know them personally, like we did to you, like you're you are one of our professors at this, so we, we really knew you. But there are a lot of other really friendly leaders who barely knew us when we first reached out to them. And they just said yes, and they were willing to share a lot of personal growing with us, which is really fabulous. And consider that the interviewees that we got in the end are people with uh, over five years experience. A lot of them have t over 10 years experience. So think about the scenario there and, and their, how busy they are in their daily life is, I, I would really say that I'm, we are really lucky to get so many support from them. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, uh, all the leaders. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, we, we're, we're crunched for time today. So I want to get into yeah. this. Like, what are some of the things that you found from the research? And I'm just kind of skipping through the, the video that we have here. Effective communications are four things, motivating, honest, transparent, and respectful. Talk to me a little bit about that, would you? So apparently, uh, it's very interesting that throughout the research, among all the answers we collected from the participants, um, honesty, transparency, being direct are the, the ongoing theme throughout the entire research. Um, major the majority of the people that we interviewed said that it's, it is very important to stay open to not only your internal teams, but also your clients. Uh, and that is apparently the key uh, to doing a great job at your work. And, and what, what does that mean, staying open? Um, uh, it, so for example, uh, sometimes we encounter, uh, encounter problems and it is important to, uh, let each other know what we are dealing with right here right. and sharing our problems and also our solutions is an important part to make sure that you can build trust between each other. 
uh, it's not that uh, you can just um, tell each other the, the results. You might also want to share more information like uh, the process and how you get to the results. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's all about transparent, transparency, trust, like these are all kind of like synonyms, right? Because yeah. they build, they build upon each other. And I think a lot of the things that we strive for is like what we're really striving for is that trust. And that trust really comes from, you know, these things that we are looking at here. Um, for me, per, particularly, are people honest, respectful, transparent? Yeah, the, all of these things, maybe not motivating so much, but I can trust folks a lot easier if I know that they're being honest and I know that they're being mm -hmm. transparent, which are kind of the two of the same thing because mm -hmm. part of being transparent means like, oh, you don't have a hidden agenda. What I see is what I get. And I think that is very important, especially for um, leaders in this industry. And, and this is a research, research uh, re project that focused on leaders, like senior, senior level people, people above a certain level. Did you find anything that was either A, surprising for you guys, or B, like a difference between how leaders at a certain level communicate versus how other people communicate? Because my, my fear here is like, just because leaders affect, communicate a certain way, that doesn't mean junior PMs should also communicate that way. Or should they? You tell me. What does the research say? Yeah, definitely. So one trend that we found uh, in our interviews is that they tend to be more direct and transparent in their communication. I think part of the reason is that we are a very culturally diverse industry and sometimes mm. it's just easier and more time uh, effective to be direct and so that we are all clear what we are talking about uh, without further back and forth. But just like you said, Tucker, we do find a, a trend that people share with us that as they gain more seniority in their uh, career development, they tend to be more and more direct, but of course in a more di diplomatic way. But for junior people, that's more of a challenge because they are new to the industry and they're feared to be uh, judged by other people. They, they fear to make mis mistakes. So they tend to say more silent and hide their feelings. But you know, once they gain more confidence, that's the where, that's the direction they're heading uh, in general. Excellent point. Ren, did you have anything then? Uh, that's very well said. I want to add another interesting uh, fact or finding of myself is that um, before the research, I, I just assumed that a lot of people were um, born to be this type of role. Mm. Uh, they had the, the, the capability and the personality to do this. But as it turned out, uh, actually, for example, one of the leaders, he said that uh, at the beginning of his career, he found it really difficult to have public speeches. And what he did was to uh, have, to practice more and to um, put, put himself into not comfortable uh, situations where he can uh, practice more public speaking skills. And that's how he improved. And also some, someone else shared with us how um, she had it has a more soft personality, uh, which um, sometimes we would think is not really suitable for uh, leading teams. But she also found a way that she could lead her team very well with uh, the, the advantage of uh, in her personality. So I found that very interesting. It's, it's, it's good to know that there's um, 
because this isn't a given. Like, like I, I take certain things like this for granted because I've been around for a little bit. Um, but I, I certainly didn't realize this when I was first getting out of school, for example. But there is no, like, born leader, right? Well, may, perhaps there is. Maybe there is. But not all leaders are born leaders. Let's put it that way. And it is completely – and the, it, it's flexible. This authenticity, this is what I love about this authenticity on the – I think I, I changed slides. But if we go back here, the – no, it doesn't say authenticity. Honest, transparent. Basically, it says authenticity somewhere uh, just basically you know you don't have to be the cookie cutter manager you know read all of the books and do xyz there is space there is flexibility for you to be who you want to be and to be the leader that you want to be and some of the managers that i've had in my career i've had many different managers and they're they're all very different they all have strengths and they all have weaknesses i myself have strengths and i, I have weaknesses um, but you don't need to fit a certain stereotype and you don't need to be the guy who's speaking at presentations all the time, even, right? Unless you want to, <laughs> right? Unless that's exactly. your goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think before I had, I, I did this research or before I took the class from Eva, I thought that oral leaders must be someone like very extroverted, very assertive, and they, uh, have a strong personality, I would say. And, um, but it turned out that ha doesn't have to be the way that you behave as a leader. Uh, if you're introverted, if you're a more soft skill, soft person, and you, you're more like caring and you're not so assertive, I would say, it's, it's not a problem. You don't have to force yourself to imitate how other people communicate with each other. So what we present here are more like you are being respectful, you're being authentic, that you you can always build that personal bonds and relationship with your stakeholders, no matter what your personality is. Yeah. So we have, and, and I apologize for our listeners back home, but I was kind of slow getting the stream started. And we've got to go, is it Sissy? Sissy, did you have to, you have a hard stop? And, or oh, uh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I have a hard stop, but we can extend like 10 minutes or that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. We can keep going. Well, still 10 minutes isn't that much time. Because <laughs> here, here, here's what I want to ask you guys mm -hmm. is on a personal level, personal professional level, how has this research, because th there's a lot of research out there and, you know, folks, listeners, viewers of this, if you want, I, I will, they're not in the link descriptions right now, but I will put links in the descriptions. You can go check it out on your own time. But while I have you here, I'm very interested in understanding how has this project um, or the findings of this project, or if you want to expand it, how has Eva's class as a whole, right? How has this informed how you present yourself out there in the industry? Uh, have you made any changes to your, your plans, your um, brand as a result of this? Yes, I was definitely influenced in a positive way by this research. So first of all, I think I I was more prepared than before um, because when I was in school, um, actually I never really uh, worked in the industry. So uh, wh while I was talking to all these people, uh, while they were telling me, telling us about uh, their stories in the past 10 years or even 20 years, uh, I felt more related uh, to them personally and also to the industry and I felt that I was more prepared so uh, it's not too scary for me 
uh, that's very important for me did to you, make the first step. Did you get the idea? Did you did you realize that some of these people are actually human? <laughs> right. Yeah, I realized that later. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I think that's kind of this this thing that we do as just as human beings is. I don't know why we do it, but it's like we see people um, on TV, on LinkedIn, on social media, and all these things, and it's like, oh my gosh, that is blah, 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 fill in the blank. Like, they're super important, they're super whatever, and we almost kind of deify people. I know I used to do that, and what it would do is it'd stop me from having interesting conversations because I was I was too afraid to reach out to them, and... It took me a while to to realize a lot of these people are super approachable. And I wish I had realized that earlier in my career, like you guys had. What about you, Sissy? Yeah, I I want to add on that. I would say it's courageous communication. So I actually Mm -hmm. learned it uh, during our conversation with one of our interviewees. So he actually encouraged us to reach out to more people, even though we don't really know them already, and to just try it out. And um, there's no bad consequences out of this. And people might say, oh, I don't have time, and that's it. And there's no harm for us. So I would say that reach out to people fearlessly, and there's a lot of surprises for you down the road. Um, Yeah. And and for this, I, one of the closing slides that you have here is suggestions for young professionals. Find a mentor. And, uh, suggestion number one, find a mentor and learn from them. Suggestion number two, be real and friendly. I, I, I like that because don't be real if you're really an <laughs> asshole, right? Like be real and friendly, right? So th- there's, a, there's a caveat there. And then ask for feedback and iterate. Uh, talk to me a little bit about... Number one, find a mentor and learn from them. I, and I, you know, I've been talking a lot about mentorship recently. I think it's probably because the school year is coming to an end. So, um, not so much. I, my my specific question to you guys is: What has your experience been with with mentorship, and how do you learn from a mentor? And how can you? What information can you give people that may be listening in your position that want to go this route? Sure. So I think we are really lucky to be in the industry or the overall tech industry is pretty great in terms of the mentorship culture. And uh, there's a lot of great mentorship program that you can find. Uh, and you can just find a mentor and learn anything from them. It's not really about title or scenario. The right. mentor doesn't have to be higher or more experienced than you. And if you have something that you're interested in that person, just reach out and talk to them. And as a mentee myself, my experience is that when I talk to mentors, it's very important to be prepared before you reach out to them and make sure that you realize that their time is really precious. And I always have an agenda. And this is also introduced as part of our communication secrets um, in our um, in, in our blog post. So always prepare, be prepared, have agenda and reach out to them very, very clear goals that you want to achieve. But also at the same time, don't be so um, detailed and tell maybe, don't tell them a super specific scenario and ask them what to do in this um, in this scenario because that's maybe too much for our mentors to think through. So I, was, uh, I like to start with some really general questions, but have some really clear guidelines uh, during the conversation there. That's a really good point because 
if you get too specific, is it? Oh, well, and then John said this, and you know, John's friend was Sarah, and Sarah's (laughs) got that whole department. It's like, what? And yeah, because I I talked to some people, and they're like, I'm like, whoa, back it up, back it up. Like, generalize. And and I think that that's it's a really good advice if if you're in if you have kind of like a mentor coaching whatever type relationship show up prepared because um yeah it it can be frustrating to to have like mentorship type meetings and say all right what do you want to talk about I don't know yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> right so <laughs> bring bring some bullet points what about you Ren. Uh, so I also really like this suggestion that came from uh, actually I think two or three of our participants. Um, they all mentioned that it is important to find a mentor, and uh, they said not in their exact words, but I think they said something uh, like uh, try to find someone who is doing what you want to do in the future, mm. and someone who has the manners that you want to have mm. uh, for yourself. And just to follow that person, their activities online, what they're doing in life, and just try to become them. Not exactly try to become them. I was going to say, taken out of context, this sounds really creepy, Ren. (laughs) (laughs) Just follow them. Try to become them. (laughs) Not not stalking. I know, I know. Yeah. Learn from them. You know, there's no shame in a little LinkedIn stalking. I don't think because it's a social network. That's what people are. That's what it's there for. And I talk to folks, um, younger folks in the profession, and there's always this, you know, like, well, I don't want to just ping them on LinkedIn because they don't know me. I'm like, it's a social network. That's what it's for, Mm. right? Like, it's literally for people to talk to each other. So don't be afraid to talk to people. What about what about be real and friendly? I think we've kind of kind of talked about this. What is the role of? I, I think we've covered the friend, the real, the authenticity. What does friendliness have to do with it? Why do I have to be friendly as a leader? I think I can share something about this. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I think friendly is more of a general word uh, that we chose to describe um, the suggestions we. we received. So I remember, I'll give you an example. One of the leaders we interviewed, she mentioned that she actually um, had some communication problem with someone from her own culture. And uh, the solution she had uh, and the final way that she could solve the problem was to be friendly and to really uh, find out how to connect with this colleague on a personal level. And I think that's uh, how we can become a better leader because we care about other people. And I'm sure that the other person can feel this as well. And that's what we meant by being friendly. Indeed. Indeed. We say, you know, you, you catch more flies with honey than you do with, well, manure <laughs> is, is, is the, you know, the appropriate thing to say. Um, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. Um, be real and friendly, and I, I think those are they're kind of kind of related because if you're most people are friendly by nature, like really, if you get down into it, like we as human beings want to connect with other human beings. So as long as you're being authentic and respectful, I would say I think respect has a lot. Maybe it, maybe if I were if this were my YouTube video, I, I would say be real and respectful. 
because to me, friendliness and being quote unquote nice can sometimes get in the way of progress. Mm -hmm. Actually, if everyone's so concerned about making sure everyone's feelings are okay, sometimes as leaders, unfortunately, we find ourselves in positions where friendliness is not an option and or it's just not even warranted like it's just not going to help the situation but nine times out of ten it doesn't hurt to be friendly what about asking for feedback and iterating i, I like this this is a prototyping des design thinking iteration type how does this apply in communication though yeah a lot of our interviewees express that they wish they would have uh, ask for more feedback in their early careers because that's the, the feedback really helped them shape their future, how they're growing into, and especially when you uh, actively uh, gathering feedback from our stake from your stakeholders, you actually mm -hmm. are showing your vulner vulnerability, and it can help you build the personal connections. And if they are part of your growth, they then they tend to invest more and more and. This is a great like virtual, uh, like uh, a great cycle that you're gonna get into, and you and your partners and stakeholders will become better and better all together. So, yeah, that uh, that's I, I want you to say that again, actually, sissy, because I think that's super important. Like asking them to uh, getting people to invest in you is building that relationship, right? It's not always, yeah. I, I know we're, we're taught that we want to add value in everything that we do in all of our relationships. We want to show up authentically and we want to add value, but there's a time and a place to ask for value and to ask for help. Right. And mm -hmm. one of the most powerful things you can do to build relationships is to ask for help from somebody else and to accept help from somebody else because what that does is it actually strengthens that bond as long as you're not abusing that relationship, right? Because now exactly. these people have a vested interest in your success, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, do you like how I said, I want you to say that again and then yeah, I just talked perfect. over you? That's That's, that's what happens when, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I get it right? Did I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got it really right. Yeah. All right. Well, we are coming up here on time uh, because, as, once again, to, to our listeners at home, I, I apologize. This is a, a quick one today. But Sissy Lu and Ren Yi, they are both on LinkedIn. They are both very accessible. They are out there. I, I'll give you each 30 seconds, closing arguments, closing thoughts. What's one takeaway that you'd like people to take away from this research, this, this podcast, um, as they go throughout their week? Ren, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, I guess my closing thoughts is just uh, be brave and keep learning. Uh, that's uh, always true for everyone, not uh, not only beginners, but also people who've been there for a long time. Very good. Simple. Sissy? Yeah, for me, I think uh, our research is super helpful. If you want to take a look, go ahead. But uh, in terms of communication, there's no one correct answer about how you should do in your professional life. So also keep learning and keep find, trying to find the best way that works for you. And uh, we hope you, we wish you the best of luck. Amen. Always, never quit learning. That's what I hear. Well, thank you. 
so much. Like we've been talking about this for quite some time. There were some scheduling things to work out, so I'm really glad that that you ladies came back on. You're welcome to come back on anytime, and we just scratched the surface here, and I can talk about this for hours and hours. But <laughs> for those of you watching along at home, then make sure to um, add. Whoops, I'm my buttons are all messed up here. I'm sorry. Um, make sure to add these these ladies down in the comments, or <laughs> make sure to add these ladies on LinkedIn if you are watching this on LinkedIn and follow their career because I I will be doing so and. Following following careers of young professionals as they um, learn quicker than I did when I started out is one of the most rewarding things about this job. So with that, I will bid you guys adieu. I'm going to go probably to get some rest because I've just been driving all night from California and we'll be live tomorrow. I have host Michael or I have a guest Michael Stevens and one other I need to look at the itinerary and one other live stream tomorrow. So if you're hanging out tomorrow and you'd like to hang out with us on the live stream, come on over to LinkedIn and we will see you there. With that, I will bid you a wonderful day and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you guys. You guys can stick around.